1: What's going on everybody? I told you we would be back for the playoffs, and here we are at the DFS. OG's back in the house, talking everything here on the four-game wildcard slate, getting you ready to make some money out there. Some big tournaments, guys. Got a two million dollar on DraftKings million dollar tournament on FanDuel, So the money continues to pour in here on the daily fantasy sites and we're here to help you get a piece of that pie let me bring in my boys as always chop no no welcome back boys we thought we were done after week 17 got an extension got a two-week extension <laughs> here so we must have done something right along the season but the people spoke we are back glad to be back so let's bring you guys in derek let's get started with you how was your new year's and uh are you ready for the playoffs my friend always a good time
2: yeah it was a good new year's we decided uh not to go to any parties this year we just stayed at home with uh our little man so that was a lot of fun didn't have to worry about driving or anything like that and uh yeah we're working overtime we're uh trying to get a long-term contract here on the og pod so uh yeah let's uh get into this playoff slate
1: yeah we'll see if they're gonna franchise tag us or what but uh chop what do you think we we deserving of a long-term contract or uh this, this one year one and out but uh how was your New Year, brother? What do you look forward to here in the playoffs?
3: Uh, well, n- New Year's, New Year's Eve—that that's a bit overrated in my book. So uh, <laughs> I just, you know, it is what it is. You just get through that. So I like some Christmas. I like some Thanksgiving, but. You get to the New Year's Eve and I don't I I don't want to deal with the fireworks going off outside my window and all that other garbage but got <laughs> through it. I used to really enjoy I used to like love love New Year's Day back in the day when there was all those football games on New Year's Day. They kind of changed it up so much now and spread it out that you only get a handful of games on New Year's Day, but they were good games, but uh, it's not quite what it used to be, so it's a bit overrated, but I did have a pretty decent week 17. Finally got off the schneid there about a month and a half where I didn't do do very well. But that changed up in week 17. So hopefully hopefully it's a good sign of things to come for in the playoffs.
1: Yes, sir. And the fantasy football continues here. So we'll get into each and every game. How about that Rose Bowl? Tell me you guys watch that game. One of the better games, instant classic, in my opinion, uh, in that game. So do you guys watch the Rose Bowl? Please tell me yes.
3: Oh yeah, I was all over it. I, I, I love me some uh, some college football. Derek,
2: yeah, I'm not a huge college football fan. I watched uh, the first half, and uh, you know they got up 17, so I turned it off. And we uh, you know when did some some chores with the with the wife, and then uh, missed out on all the good second half and overtime stuff.
1: That yeah, was an amazing game, and it, it makes me miss DFS college football chop. I, I know you miss it over there. That's the kind of game where you stack that baby oh, up. You're looking at. 200 250 some points so miss it hopefully someday we'll get it back but let's turn our attention to the nfl before we get into these four playoff games we got to get into our poor one outs here for week 17 i got a couple guys in mind so i'm gonna let you guys uh, take the reins here hopefully you don't steal one of my two options but chop you had a good week so were there any poor one outs that maybe prevented from being an even bigger week
3: Oh yeah, there was one guy that prevented it from being a monster of a week. His name's T.Y. Hilton, man. And he, he usually torches the Texans and all the other good stuff, but he just didn't, I guess he just didn't have it in him this week, week 17. I guess he just wanted to get the season over with T.Y. Hilton. Yeah, he, he, he torpedoed quite a few lineups, including my, my cash game lineup. So got poor one night for old T.Y. Maybe he, maybe he gets back on track next year.
1: All right, Derek, same question, week 17. It, it was a tough week, a lot of landmines. Who are you pouring out for?
2: Yeah, I actually had a really good week as well. Uh, but one guy did uh, prevent me from having a huge week, uh, Cam Newton. All I needed was a touchdown there at the end. Uh, you know, One touchdown on that last drive would have uh, put me at the top of uh, quite a few GPPs. But, uh, yeah, so I'll go with Cam Newton. Didn't have a terrible game, but uh, 14 fantasy points just didn't quite get it done for me.
1: All right, since you didn't steal either of my guys, I'm going to do two pouring out here. First one, Roger Lewis, who was in a good spot, no Evan Ingram, no Sterling Shepard, had seen 30-some targets over the last three weeks, and then it gets reported after the game starts that he may not play because he's dealing with an injury and supposed to have surgery. So big baggle there from Roger Lewis didn't help. The other was Rob Gronkowski, who you thought was in a good spot. You thought New England was going to go out. Dean Lewis went all out. Brady was all right. A bagel from Rob Gronkowski. Pour one out for those two guys. Week 17 did not help my cause at all. Not happy with them. But, hey, that is Daily Fantasy Sports, and we move on. And we will be back next week. And we are going to do not only our pour one outs, our faith hills, our third and wrongs for the wild card weekend. We're going to give you our year-long plays in those areas, our third and wrongs, our pour one outs, our faith hills. So we'll do not only divisional round. Wrap up of the four games. But we'll look back as a season as a whole, have a little fun with it. So make sure you come back next week. We'll be the last pod. This week, we'll keep it short. We'll keep it sweet. We'll break down these four games. So let's get into it, guys. First game, Saturday, we got Tennessee. Big underdogs here going to Kansas City. Uh, first game up for us. So, Derek, how does Tennessee go into Kansas City? A team we know has been good defensively at home, doesn't ever give up points. Now you got a big favorite here in the playoffs. It's going to be a tough environment. Probably going to be cold. It's cold in the Midwest. I imagine it's going to be cold on that game. So how does Tennessee go in and get it done? And then the Chiefs. We know it's the normal cast of characters. It's Hunt. It's Kelsey. It's Tyreek Hill. Who is your preferred target in this game?
2: So the first thing to note in this slate is that there's not a lot of value and that the pricing is tough. So I mean, while I don't love targeting the Titans uh, on the road against the Chiefs who have held opponents under 21 points in 15 straight home games, I think there's some pretty decent value here just because if we want to play some of the studs that we're going to get to in a bit, we're going to have to play uh, some of these cheaper value guys. So I actually don't hate the Titans uh, all that much. I think as long as DeMarco Murray gets ruled out, which I do expect him to. uh, You know, Derek Henry is interesting, especially on FanDuel 6,500. We know the Chiefs, you can beat them against the run. Derrick Henry, while he didn't have a great game on the ground against the Jaguars, uh, their offensive line just didn't give him any room to run. You know, he was getting hit in the backfield five yards uh, behind the line of scrimmage and ended up, uh, you know, having a lot of negative runs, which I don't expect to happen uh, this week against the Chiefs. So I don't mind Derrick Henry. Then I don't mind a few of these pass catchers. Rashard Matthews, 4,900. Eric Decker, 3,500. He's had 21 targets over the last three weeks. Uh, So I think he's probably going to be a pretty popular value play. Delaney Walker is pretty cheap as well. I do think uh, the two tight end approach is going to be viable this week just because we do need some of those cheaper options. Then on the Chiefs' side, I I hate to do it, but I think Alex Smith is probably my favorite quarterback play of the week. The Titans have allowed the sixth most passing yards and the eighth eighth most passing touchdowns this season, and uh, they've been pretty tough against the run. So I do expect the Chiefs to air it out a little bit. Hopefully they don't get up uh, too big and uh, Smith can be throwing the ball most of the game. I like to pair him up with Travis Kelsey or even just play him naked if you don't trust uh, Tyree Kill in his home splits. As for Kareem Hunt, not really sure which way I'm leaning. Uh, at the moment, I like Leonard Fournette quite a bit. Um, so I'm not sure how much Hunt I'm going to have, but I want to hear what you guys have to say about him.
1: Yeah, I mean, I like him. and I like the point on those Tennessee receivers. I think there's some good value there against the secondary that, that can be beat. So if they're playing from behind, you got to like a, a Rashard Matthews, Maybe this is a spot chop where we get some Corey Davis going, just 3,600. But I like Hunt, you know, big home favorite. He's fresh, you know, did all his damage in one carry last week. That was a wrap for him. So should be ready to go here. Got to think he gets the ball, you know, 20-plus times in this game. So I like him. Where do you come out on him and some of that value on Tennessee?
3: I like this game quite a bit. Uh, Kansas City's so good because they're pretty concentrated. You know what's going to happen. It's going to be Hunt. Hill and Kelsey. If somebody else sneaks in a touchdown, it's a it's a it's an anomaly. You know, when Albert Wilson gets in the end zone or something like that, it's usually those three guys and Alex Smith, of course, spearheading it. So uh, I do like Kansas City for those reasons. They're priced appropriately, but I you know you still got to play them. I, I mean, obviously Kelsey's the best tight end on the slate, so I really like him. But it's really hard to make a good team with Kelsey on it and have those other other spots you feel really good about. So that's going to be interesting to figure that out. And I guess I'll probably – hopefully I'm in the minority here in liking Tennessee quite a bit in this game. I know it could backfire, but, you know, if DeMarco Murray's out, obviously Derrick Henry's good, but I don't mind Mariota to Matthews and Delaney Walker also quite a bit. I probably won't go Eric Decker. He just really hasn't looked good this year at all. But, of course, maybe he – maybe this is the game they really – Pepper him, I don't know. And Corey Davis, I just I can't do it, man. Just looking at the way he's playing, and I just I, I won't do that. I won't I won't tank a roster doing that. I think Richard Matthews is the guy I would I would most likely want to hook Mariota up with.
1: Chop, you've been on Team Corey Davis <laughs> a lot this season, so you, you're bailing out at the end of the year. Yeah, I'm bailing too.
3: I mean, this is this he's just not look good, man. I, he's got more talent than most receivers in the NFL, but he just hasn't put. And I guess maybe a lot of it is. Look, Eric Decker came over to this team and Eric Decker's been good for a decade now almost, you know. He Eric Decker was good with Tim Tebow, but somehow <laughs> but somehow Mariota's Mariota sunk sunk him this year, you know. He has I think it all comes down to Mariota just not playing well this year, but I'm going to put my eggs on the in the basket that Mariota does pretty good this weekend, but I think it's still a Richard Matthews Delaney Walker show.
1: Yeah, I like that price on Matthews, forty nine hundred. So you got a lot of options of where you can go. The box scores haven't been great lately for any of these guys. So you wonder, Mariota, Davis, are they dealing with injuries? Are they one hundred percent? Because they are more talented than what they've shown. So I agree with you, Chop. I have a lot of interest in the Tennessee side of things, and you nailed it, Kansas City. We know where the production's coming from. Think they're all in play. Running back, interesting on this slate. You got a lot of good running backs. So uh, the, the ownership should be spread out. Now speaking. Of running backs, chop and possibly and probably, in my opinion, the MVP of the National Football League. We got to talk about some Todd Gurley here. We got Atlanta coming to the Rams. Now this game opened up Rams about four point favorites. We're up to six, six and a half, seven in some spots here. So a lot of money coming in early on the Rams at home. Do you think it's the Todd Gurley show? Is he a must play? Is he a lock button? Because he's ninety seven hundred on DraftKings. The old 10K on Fandle, I know you don't like spending that kind of money, but it's a fantastic matchup here with Atlanta. And on the Atlanta side of things, lots of ways you can go. Is it Freeman Coleman? Do we go to Matt Ryan here? Is Julio a must-play? Derek mentioned it. Salaries are tough. Where is the value in this game outside of the studs?
3: Yeah, for the Rams, I mean, Todd Gurley is definitely the MVP. He's the fantasy MVP. He's had one bad game all year long. And uh, a couple of games where they were, it was really marginal, and you you wish he had done better. But other than that, the guy the guy was been a stud every other game. So I don't see how you they're going to find a way to get him the ball, th- get him the ball in space. It's what the coach does. He's been great at it. I don't see him stopping now. I think this is a great matchup for him. He'll he'll get his production, and it won't be a surprise at all when he ends up being the number one running back at the end of this week. And I think with only uh, four games, it's, it's highly likely that he's the guy you put your money on to be the top scoring guy. So then you got to find a place for him if you're running out multiple teams. So, uh, and then also for the Rams, I'm, you know, I'm going to be going back to Robert Woods here this week in a meaningful game. And I also think Cooper Cup, could be the guy with the best matchup out of all of them though. So uh, if I like Woods and I like Cup and I like Gurley to get the ball out of the backfield in space, that means I got to like Jared Goff too, because he's got a lot of weapons to throw to. So I like the Ram side of things there, all of them. And for Atlanta, I'm going to use my third and wrong on Devontae Freeman. I, I didn't think he had it in him, especially in a tough matchup last week. And he still produced, I think he was like second or third highest score running back on the, on the whole slate there in week 17. And you know, in a very difficult matchup, so props to Freeman. Uh, I think he plays this week. I know he's a little bit banged up, but it's a playoff game, so he'd be in there. And I think with this matchup, he's the guy I'm looking at as the most prolific Atlanta Falcon this week. Uh, Julio Jones is man. I'll probably roster Jones, but that's 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 tough a tough thing to sell these days. Like every, I look at Julio Jones, and every time you you look at Keenan Allen's box score. That's kind of what you would have expected out of Julio Jones all year, but you never got it except for maybe one or two games. So you could have got it from Keenan Allen for cheaper and a lot better. But I have a rostered Sanu, I don't think all year. So I don't know if I can go there. I know he's been good and he's been better than Julio pretty much, but I don't know if I want to change my ways in – you know, after 17 weeks, might as well just ride out what you've done all year. And I think Hooper could be a value tight end like Derek talked about. You might have to use two tight ends this week. Hooper's on that radar.
1: Yeah, I'm going to use my third and wrong on Julio last week. It was a lock button for me. I generally don't like to play 100% of a guy. It's kind of one of my rules. And I did it last week with Julio. And that's why it's one of my rules. So I should have had a much bigger game in that one. But Derek, I like Sanu. You know, I think he's a, a cheaper way to get access to this game, to get a, to access to this Atlanta passing game. All the other points Chop brought up, I agree with. I like a lot on the Rams side. Even Sammy Watkins, the cheapest of the three receivers, been seeing a decent amount of targets. So they can go a variety of ways with the Rams. So uh, Gurley, a must play for you. And then what are we doing on the Atlanta side?
2: Yeah, Gurley's very expensive, but I am going to try to force him into my lineups. The Falcons are not good against the run, and we know they are terrible at uh, covering back or covering running backs out of the backfield. I think they're going to try to get Gurley thirty touches in this one. They are home favorites. I think he's a guy to pay up for in cash games and tournaments. Uh, as far as their passing game goes, yeah, uh, Falcons do funnel targets over the middle. So I do like the Cooper Cup ball call by uh, by Chop Robert Woods. Definitely in play as well. Probably going to be avoiding Sammy Watkins just because the Falcons, uh, you know, don't give up a ton of deep plays. Uh, on the Falcons' side of the ball, I do like the Freeman call. Uh, we've seen Matt Ryan just check down to him quite a bit over the last few weeks, although it's worth noting, you know, Tevin Coleman played more snaps than him last week. Could have something to do with Freeman uh, banging up his knee a little bit in that game. But Coleman at 4,100, definitely an interesting tournament pivot. Um if Freeman is limited in practice all week. As far as uh, Julio, I don't know if I can do it here. I'll probably wait until ownership projections come out. If he ends up being, you know, really low owned in in terms of projections, then I may give a shot or two on him in tournaments, but definitely not a guy I want to pay up for in cash games. I think you just go with Gurley because it's hard to get both of them. As for Sunu, yeah, I'm kind of with Chop. I don't really play him a whole lot. And, uh, you know, he's had some big weeks that have cost me, but not really sure I want to go there uh, in this game. And then Hooper, he hasn't cleared 38 yards in seven straight weeks. I think if I'm going to a value tight end, uh, I'll take the one in the next game.
1: Hey, you guys are some stubborn OGs. <laughs> I don't play Sanu, so I'm not going to play him ever.
3: <laughs> I, stick, I stick to my principles. <laughs> <laughs>
1: hey, I, I can respect that, no doubt. Hey, I changed no my doubt. mind on Gurley, so... Wow, well, you didn't have a choice you not only you have to hear it from us too but you got to watch it on your tv every week I mean, The guys just been unbelievable so let's get some game predictions as well we got extra time so let's go back to that last one guys so, chop what do you think tennessee kansas city who wins that one
3: i think kansas city pulls it off but it's a lot closer than that spread i think we're looking at like a field goal i'd, I'd say 24 21 kansas city
1: All right, Chops taking the points there with the Titans. Derek, what do you think? Titans, Kansas City, who takes it down?
2: Yeah, agree with Chop. I'll take the Chiefs for the win, uh, but the Titans for the points.
1: I think I'm with you guys. I think it'll be a closer game than people realize, but Kansas City at home gets it done. I think that defense does enough uh, to win that game. All right, Derek, uh, Falcons, Rams. Who do you got in this one?
2: I'm actually tempted to say the Falcons here, uh, but I'll go Rams in a late field goal.
1: Chop.
3: This is this is the high scoring game of the weekend, I think. So and I think the Rams at home are the better team. I'm going to say Rams uh 31-27. All
1: right. I think the Rams roll here by double digits. Atlanta on the road. Matt Ryan's actually been better on the road this season as far as fantasy points go. But I think this Rams offense is going to get unleashed here, and I don't know if the Falcons can stop it. So big game from Gurley at the Rams 34 to 24. All right, let's move to Sunday. Derek, we'll let you lead off here. We got Buffalo coming to Jacksonville. First playoff game for the Jags in a while. Make the big question mark here, LaShawn McCoy. We saw him get hurt in that last game, did not practice as of this recording. Let's, let's play both ways. We got time. So if McCoy's in there, where's your interest level in the Buffalo offense? And let's say he's out. Is there any interest level at all in the Buffalo offense? To me, I don't see a lot there. You know, a a guy like Tolbert steps in, a guy like Murphy. I don't know that this is a good spot for a guy like that. Even when we need value, I'm going to have little to no interest there. So what are you thinking in Jacksonville? You mentioned Fournette. Is it all Fournette for you? Is the passing game in play? And if so, who are those targets?
2: Yeah, on the Bills side, there's only going to be one player that I'm looking at regardless of whether or not uh, McCoy plays and that's Charles Clay. I think it's a pretty good spot for him. Jaguars really good against tight ends and uh, the Bills are sorry really good against wide receivers and uh, the Bills are going to be playing from behind. We know Tyrod Taylor's favorite target is Clay so I think uh, four grand is very reasonable for him even if he doesn't find the end zone I think he can reach value at that price point. You know I expect him to see close to 10 targets here. Uh, as far as McCoy if he plays no interest in him. If he doesn't play, I probably won't be looking at his backups. I know they have uh, Traverse Cadet, Mike Tolbert. I think if you need the value, you could maybe look that way. But uh, for me, it would just make me like the Jaguars defense even more. And uh, obviously, no interest in Tyrod on the road against this past defense. For the Jaguars, yeah, I love Leonard Fournette here. Even in a meaningless game uh, against the Titans last week, they uh, just kept giving him the ball. I think he had 24 touches. Played over 80% of the snaps, so this is going to be his backfield, especially since they are such big favorites and playing uh, against one of the worst-run defenses in the NFL. I hope he's not going to be too popular, but I'm going to be playing him either way. As far as Bortles goes, yeah, he's been awesome the last uh, you know eight weeks or so. If uh, Marquise Lee ends up being out, then I will have some interest in Keelan Cole and in D.D. Westbrook, who uh, you know hasn't done anything in the last few weeks but could be a nice under play that nobody really looks at uh, just because he's been quiet.
1: All right, Chop, Bortles Combat, as your buddy Dean likes to call him. It, it, how much of a, a factor is he here for you in the quarterback ranks? I don't think he's going to stand out here. A lot of great quarterbacks. But uh, Fournette, I agree, Derek. I think he goes overlooked with all the other running back names uh, that we're going to talk about and that we already have talked about. Chop, Buffalo, interest, McCoy's in, out. Uh, is it just Charles Clay for you as well? And then Jags, which are you going with, the running game, the passing game, or both?
3: I'll start off with Buffalo. Uh, if McCoy is in, then the only player I have interest in on this team is Charles Clay. Uh, I don't want to take McCoy at that price against this defense, and of course it would kill all his uh, backups and everything. And and I don't want, I definitely don't want any wide receivers against this secondary, regardless. But if McCoy is out, and we get some uh, clarity on who may end up, you know, stealing the carries there. I think I think that you could do I think it would be a better strategy to take a running back at less than four K as your utility guy instead of a tight end at less than four K. I just think that makes more sense, you know, that that running back just if they just get inside the five, you got a chance to fall in the end zone and you just never know. So I think I think I would be on the backup running back. Uh, if McCoy's out and I don't, man, I find it hard to believe that McCoy's going to come back and play and be healthy. I mean, they had to, I know he's a drama queen, but they had to pull the the stretcher out for him. You know I mean? He's like a soccer player, right? Like, like he goes down and he starts twisting and turning on the field and then he's back the next quarter, but they did have to pull the card out for him. So if he plays, I I, I doubt he even plays a full game and, and is very effective at all, but I don't have much interest in Buffalo anyhow, except for Charles Clay, but for Jacksonville, yeah, I think they're going to steamroll here. I think it's going to – I I really wish that uh, Fournette would have got last week off for some reason in a meaningless game. He got 19 extra carries that he probably shouldn't have had to endure because it didn't mean anything, and the guy's been banged up the whole second half of the year. But I'll let it slide. I think he's still going to prosper this week and, and I think he's going to have a, a good game. And, yeah, Bortles is, is definitely definitely on the radar just because he has so many weapons right now, and these guys are all – all really speedy, nice weapons, and if if Marquise Lee is healthy, he's got four solid wide receivers he can throw to at any time. Lee, Westbrook, Keelan Cole's been phenomenal, and Alan Hearns is back and didn't look didn't look too bad last week. So I think Bortle just because he has so many weapons, is a guy you can play. So yeah, I, I think, but I think I'm leaning Fournette mostly. But it, I think there's plenty of room in this offense in this game to uh for have to have everybody prosper. Yeah, and he's the
1: he's the outside of Mariota. He's the cheapest quarterback on DraftKings. Now there's not a huge spread. Jared Goff, the most expensive, sixty seven hundred. Uh, down to Bortles at six k. Mariota fifty five hundred. So quarterback, I think, is going to be like a lot of weeks, guys, where, where you don't really worry about the ownership. It's going to be spread out uh, between all these guys. I think they'll all have ownership. So I think the Jags roll in this one. So game predictions. I'm a, Derek. You're going to like this. I think Jacksonville. Shuts out Buffalo 27, nothing to move on in the playoffs. Let's get your prediction here. Bills and Jags.
2: All right. I like that 27 number. I'm going to go 27 to seven, uh, with a clay touchdown, hopefully.
1: All right, I thought you were going to say one of the back of running backs falls in the end zone. <laughs> chop! What's your prediction here, Jags and Bills?
3: You guys are right, right along the line of what I'm thinking. My my game prediction is 30 to six, Jacksonville 30 to six, and I just think it's since it's the playoffs and you don't usually take your starters out even if you're smoking the other team. So I think there's going to be plenty of opportunities for multiple touchdowns for these guys.
1: Is that two field goals, chop, or do they miss the extra point?
3: I think, man, it's going to be hard for them to get the ball in the end zone. I think turnovers, whatever, however they get down there, they get within the 30-yard line, they kick a couple field goals, but it's so hard to pitch a shutout in the in the NFL these days. But So I'll throw the six out there, but man, if there's ever a team that's been destined to pitch a shutout in the first round, it's this matchup right here for Jacksonville.
1: Now while we're while we're here, let's talk about the defense. It's forty four hundred. It's a thousand dollar gap on DraftKings to the second highest defense, which is the Chiefs. Jags D. Can we afford? Can we find room for them, Derek? Where's the level of interest there at a very high price tag?
2: Just based on our uh, game predictions so far, we have to have interest. I mean, we kind of expect the Titans to keep that game close. I know the Chiefs play a good defense at home, but uh, this Jaguars defense, they force so many turnovers. They get so much pressure on the quarterback, especially if McCoy's out. Uh, I'm going to find room for him for sure.
1: Chop, 4400 big price to pay for that defense.
3: Is really tough to pay that price because when you're building your roster and you put them in there, you always look and go, "Dang, man! If I had an extra seven hundred, I could go from <laughs> I could go from this wide receiver to you know Julio Jones, or you know you, you can always upgrade somewhere that you want to. All I got to do is go a little bit cheaper on the defense. It's so it's tough to play them at that price, but man, they are so head and shoulders above everybody else that I, I'm gonna I'm gonna force them on as many lineups as I can.
1: Yeah, I think I'm with you guys. It's a nice discount to the Chiefs, to the Saints even, who we're going to get to here shortly at 3,200. But uh, that is head and shoulders the best defense, especially if McCoy's out. I don't see how, how Buffalo is going to move the ball or put points on the board. So definitely going to be loading up and finding room for that Jags D. All right, last game of the wild card weekend. We got Carolina traveling to New Orleans. Chop Carolina didn't look great in that game against Atlanta. I was expecting a lot more. Almost used my third and wrong on Cam Newton, but Derek Ford went out for him. So I think we covered that. But now to New Orleans. New Orleans about a seven-point favorite, anywhere between six and a half and seven. Do we go back to Cam Newton? Is this a spot where we can trust him, his upside? Uh, do you worry about the matchup here with a, with a much-improved New Orleans defense? And then the Saints. You know, All year long, they've wanted to run the ball with Kamara, with Ingram, this is a tough spot to run the ball against a Carolina team that, that stops the run. Is this a Drew Brees day? Do we go back to Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, maybe a Ted Ginn? So I find this game very intriguing. I think there's a lot to it. Glad it's the last game for us to talk about. Chop, lead us off here, Panthers and Saints.
3: So you said Cam Newton, and uh, that's probably one guy I won't have much exposure to is Cam Newton. I don't, uh, I don't particularly like him very much this week. Uh, I don't think his wide receivers can get separation from New Orleans, the defensive back. So I think he's going to be left checking down to Christian McCaffrey and a little bit to Greg Olson. But I'll tell you, I I don't I haven't seen Greg Olson really look good physically in a while. I know he had a big game about what two or three weeks ago against the Packers, but (laughs) he was limping in that game. Like his touchdown, his long touchdown pass, he was limping down the field. I don't think he's healthy, healthy enough to come into a playoff game and, and do well. So I think he's going to be left with a bunch of checkdowns to McCaffrey. I don't like it. I don't like Cam Newton. I don't like his wide receivers. Funches is going to get locked up on Lattimore. He could stumble into a touchdown. He got one late in the game last time they played New Orleans, and I think he was over Lattimore. He made a great play, but I don't expect it to happen again. So I think uh, because of the lack of weapons, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to be playing Cam Newton or very many of, The Panthers at all? Just Christian McCaffrey. Maybe Jonathan Stewart at three point five is a great salary saver. I mean, he's touchdown dependent. But the only way you're really going to beat New Orleans is uh is on the ground. Unless it gets to be a blowout and there's a lot of garbage time, then and then you know all bets are off. You never know. Uh, For New Orleans, you just gotta. It's so expensive, but man, you just gotta go back to the Camaro, right? That's the only. That's the way you beat Carolina. If you're New Orleans, is is through Camara. He's done it already this year, and uh, like I keep doubting him because the volume wasn't there or whatever. But he just keeps producing, so you you really can't can't doubt him too much more. Now I do like the price on Mark Ingram, and it's, it's there's always a chance it's a Mark Ingram game, so he'll make plenty of rosters also of mine. Also like Michael Thomas in this game. I was a little worried about the hamstring last week, but he had a good game and he looked pretty decent. So back at home, I think he's fine. And I think Drew Brees is probably going to be my most my most owned quarterback this week. I just like the matchup and the price tag and everything that goes around with him.
1: All right, Derek, let's stay with those New Orleans running backs. Is it, you know, on a paper, it's a tough matchup, like I said in the intro. But last time they played, they each went off. And I know you're a Camara guy, but the pricing all year long has been close. Well, now there's a $1,700 gap between the two. Does that change anything for you? You're still Team Camara. If we're getting Gurley in... It's going to be tough to get both these guys in and feel great about the lineup. So break that situation down, the passing game for New Orleans, and then the Carolina side of things. Now, to be fair, Greg Olson, nine targets shot. He, he caught one. Like, that Cam Newton just didn't look great. So I'm with you. I don't like Cam Newton, but I will go back uh, to Greg Olson, and hopefully Cam can connect on, on some of those targets. So, Derek, wrap us up here. A lot to get to in this game. Should be a fun one. Panthers and Saints.
2: All right, so I'll disagree with you guys a little bit on Cam Newton. I know uh, he has not been throwing the ball well lately, but uh, if you look at his rushing numbers, they're pretty incredible. 11 rushes, 14 rushes, 14, and 11 rushing attempts in his last four games. He's had at least uh, 50 rushing yards in five straight games, and they're going to you know, put the ball in his hands. They're going to basically put their uh, playoff hopes uh, on his shoulders. So I actually like Cam Newton quite a bit in tournaments. Probably won't go there in cash games, although I think you can argue that, you know, he has a pretty high floor, even though, you know, his passing uh, hasn't been great lately. Um, I agree with Chop on Funches, not really interested in him uh, with Lattimore being on him. I think Olson's interesting, but probably like uh, Charles Clay a little bit more at the discount. And Christian McCaffrey, he's had two good games against the Saints already this season, scored 16 and 23 fantasy points. And he's uh, you know, kind of been a dud each of the last two games. So I think his ownership's definitely going to be down with all the, the viable running backs in this slate. So if I'm playing uh, tournaments, I do like the idea of pairing Cam Newton with Christian McCaffrey. And then if you want to take a deep shot on either Brenton Person or Kalen Clay at the min price on DraftKings, don't mind that. Uh, Russell Shepard only played 12% of snaps. And we know Demir Bird uh, is on IR. For the Saints side, yeah, I like Breeze, but I think, uh, I like the running backs a little bit more. I think we can get most of Breeze's, uh, passing production through the running backs and through Michael Thomas, who has a great track record against the Panthers. Best way, uh, to beat Carolina is, uh, with wide receiver. So I really like Thomas in this spot. Ted Ginn, revenge games, interesting. Um, but yeah, as far as, uh, Ingram Kamara, you know, I love Todd Gurley so much and I love Fournette so much that I'm probably going to need that $1,700 discount. So, uh, I'm gonna flip uh, the script and go with Ingram this week.
1: Oh, oh not so stubborn on this one now, huh? Oh, I like it. Opening his eyes to the pri- <laughs> thats a nice price on Ingram. So, it, running back's intriguing, guys. You know, we, we've talked Gurley, we've talked Fournette, we've talked these two guys for New Orleans: uh, McCaffrey, Hunt, uh, Freeman, Coleman's McCoy. If he's in there, so I think running back is, is very, very intriguing. And I think that's where it's going to be one making those decisions. So. Every dollar saved counts. Uh, Ingram, not against Camara, but Ingram intriguing at 6,900. All right, guys, so that was quick, easy. Four games is a lot easier than, than 16 that we do each and every week. So let's get to some bold calls. Let's actually let's predict this last game. We didn't get our predictions. So, Derek, Panthers, Saints, what's your game prediction here?
2: All right. Um, once again, I'm picking the home team to win. And, yeah, I'm going to pick uh, the Saints with the points as well.
1: All right, Chop Panthers, Saints. What's the game prediction?
3: New Orleans 34 to 17.
1: All right, you're in the same boat as I am. I'm going with all the home teams as well. I know not very exciting, not outside the board, but that's, you know, I think that's what's going to happen here. I think New Orleans takes it 31-21 in this one. All right, guys, let's get to some bold calls. We'll do a Faith Hill here, even though we only have eight teams playing. We'll still find some Faith Hill plays. But let's get to a bold call. DFS-wise, CHOP, you always got something up the sleeve. Let's start with you. Bold call here for Wild Card Weekend.
3: Uh, Well, I was really going to go super bold here and say the top wide receiver this week, but I'll say Cooper Cup is a top three wide receiver on Wild Card Weekend, Cooper Cup.
1: All right, I like it. Plays well in that DraftKings format with the PPR and was actually the most productive rookie receiver this season. So been getting it done all season long. Derek? Bold call, wild card weekend.
2: I'm not going to say Leonard Fournette is going to outscore Todd Gurley, but he's going to have more rushing yards and more rushing touchdowns.
1: I like it. I'm going to go with uh, Rashard Matthews. Over 100 yards and a touchdown. You get all that under 5K in this game. I think he has a big game. So like Rashard Matthews for value this week, my bold call. for wild card weekends. All right, you guys got any Faith Hill plays? Again, not a lot of choices here with guys, but maybe somebody here who's burned you. Ready to go back to the well on. So who's got a who's got a faith they'll play ready? I'll
3: give you one man, a guy who's going to end up on my rosters. A lot of them is going to be Marcus Mariota. He's been terrible this year, but well, here you go, boy. You you know your you first round of the playoffs. This is what you this is what you've been waiting for since you came into the league. I got a feeling he's going to step up and have a good game. He's got some weapons to throw to. I'm going to say Marcus Mariota is going to be on a lot of my rosters, even though he's disappointed all year long.
1: All right, Derek, who's your faith he'll play here, wildcard weekend? I
3: probably won't be joining Chop on
2: the Mariota quest, but uh, if he does play well, I hope it's to Eric Decker. Uh, 3500 on DraftKings. We're going to need the salary savings. There's a lot of running backs I want to pay up for. Decker has 21 mm-hmm. targets over the last three weeks. His snap count uh, you know, has been slowly rising, and uh, I kind of expect them to lean on his experience over uh, the rookie Corey Davis in
3: this one. BDD B, right. D, D, D in the house.
1: <laughs> B-D-D D, D, indeed. So, <laughs> oh, I'm going to keep the faith, guys, in Tevin Coleman. I, I like that price for him. I think he could be a weapon they need in this game, specifically in the passing game, especially uh, if they're playing from behind. I think you could see more Tevin Coleman than people expect. A lot of people are going to go to Freeman. That's fine. I think Coleman, a nice upside and a nice cheap price at 41 Hundred. All right, we promised you short, sweet, and that's what you got. Right around 30 minutes here. Really looking forward to the wild card weekend. So appreciate everybody for tuning in. Guys, any final thoughts before we wrap up? Again, we'll be back next week where we'll go through all four divisional games. and We'll give our year-long thoughts in third and wrongs. And poor one outs and Faith Hill should be a fun show. Make sure you come back for that next week. But, Chop, final thoughts here. Wild card weekend
3: you know these next two weekends wild card and divisional and divisional are probably like some of the more is one of the more underrated weekends of of fantasy football you got these four games they're all on an island but they you're tuned into them because they mean so much and there and there's some good teams playing i'm really looking forward to sitting down on saturday and sunday and watching some football
1: absolutely i love these two weekends these are the two best weekends of the playoffs in my opinion so next weekend should be fun as well but wild card weekend always a good time Derek, final thoughts here for wild card playoffs
2: uh my only final thought is go jags if they end up losing to the bills at home uh you probably won't hear from me for a few days
1: (laughs) it'll be a two man dfs ogs uh next week so uh, they'll get it done so for Notorious, for Head Chopper, I am Beer, saying salut guys. We appreciate you, as always, for tuning in. you guys got any questions, you know where to find us on Twitter, always answering questions for you guys. But thank you again. Enjoy the playoffs, guys. We'll see you right back here next week.